You don't know what I'm about. Tyler, and I'm living my present in a way that will only make sense in God's promised future. Today we're talking gate measurements, wide or narrow, who's in, who's out. Amy's here to separate the wolves from the sheep, but before we try to enter the upside down kingdom, now that they're finished looking for figs and grapes, let's welcome in our favorite bramble bushes, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Good day. Good day. And Amy's here. Welcome, Amy. Hello. Good to be here. How you guys doing? Good. We're all back. Did you guys yeah. get time off? Did you take like Friday off at all? I took the whole oh, week yeah. off. So I'm curious. Did you take the week off at all? I took, was it Wednesday? Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. of course, and Friday. Nice. Nice. What about you, Amy? You had to preach. Yeah. So not really. Friday was kind of like get final touches. I hope I know what I'm doing. And yeah, Wednesday wasn't super busy. So that was, I yeah. didn't feel like off completely, like totally disconnect all week, but but that's okay. It was still good. Still good. I right took now. the week off um, and I had, to, I had to do some negotiating about what that actually meant in my house. Oh. What does it mean? Uh, what does it mean to be off? What, well, I'm curious. What, what do you think it means? What would you? Well, you know. Once I would like to sleep until eight. Is that is that possible? <laughs> like, that, that's like with children, you're that's a children what I mean. baby. Like, yeah, can sure, you, sure. Can you kind of get up in the morning and I'll just stay here and sleep till eight? Uh, since that's never happened before, because I'm usually the one that that gets up. And uh, so there was a little negotiation, uh, but of course, I don't know. I, I feel guilty when that happens. So she got up with them she was like yeah that's fine i'll get up with the kids and it's like seven and uh i hear them doing their thing at seven (laughs) and i'm like yeah this isn't a one-man job this is not the job of one human being i need to be out there and so i get up and so i was off but i didn't sleep in till eight i never got to that's life with littles enough about me (laughs) <laughs> what's, what's new with you guys quickly this is going to be a short show right, he's got right, places to short. be so we're going to do lightning round Sorry. okay lightning round we're off to uh, a great how, start how, how, yeah it, it feels Sorry. like lightning for sure Marin, you Woo. go 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 lightning round okay i pulled off my very first like thanksgiving all by myself like you know we've talked about my aunt Yay! about every single year when it comes to thanksgiving she's the one with the microwave oh, drawer yeah yeah, so we didn't go there this year for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, so it was just me, my husband, and my two teens, and way more food than any one household should contain. <laughs> and I'm very, very, very proud of myself. Wow. I had, like a, I had a list. I had a timeline. Wow. I knew when this was going in and when this was coming out and what I would make on the stovetop wow. and what gets made the day before. And it was awesome. And, and now it. I know, now I know it's when it's you. my turn to be like the, <laughs> the great house. aunt, when it's my turn to be grandma's house, I'm ready. You Bring are ready. It. I'm ready. Uh, ready. Did anyone else contribute anything? Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one-inch yeah. show. Jade, Absolutely Jade brought the corn casserole. 
I won't say who, but I asked one person in my family just to chop some sweet potatoes for me. And that was just Jed trauma. Just couldn't. Yeah. Couldn't understand why. Do you really need this many? Do you really? I mean, one one job. That's all I asked. But no, I'm very, very proud of myself. And then I made myself decorate the house. To be honest, I didn't want to do it this year. I'm not really feeling the holidays at all. Mm. But I knew I would feel better when it was done. And so I put up the tree. The house looks incredible. And I'm really, really glad I did it. Uh, Did everybody contribute to that? Um, yes, uh, forced, uh, forced, forced labor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I got Jaden. <laughs> You're going to love this. Christmas lights outside and yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. I'm glad all we right. got it all knocked out in two days and now we just get to sit and enjoy the ambiance every night. So Great. I'm glad. All right. That's me. What about y'all? Yeah. What about you guys? What's new? Um, I, so Liv and I, it was really special. We, we got to, well, we pretty much quarantined leading up to Thanksgiving and then even got like COVID tested on Monday. And uh, because of all that, we were able to be with my family all day on Wednesday, which we haven't really been with them. Like my little nephew, Henry, I haven't really hung out with him out uh, apart from being outside pretty much all year. So he's um, like an adult now. Yeah, basically. (laughs) So it was, it was so sweet. A lot of fun, great food, of course, but, um, we brought Cleo with us and she's like almost six months now. And she and Henry just like hit it off. It was so cute. The two of them chasing each other around. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She kept trying to lick his face. He kept pushing her away and (laughs) it was (laughs) adorable, but, um, yeah, it was good. I I had a, a good week. I needed some definite, you know, some decompression time. I took the whole week off, but then I got to it and I got a bunch of stuff done around the farm that I needed, that I'd been waiting on doing. I got, I started the process of winterizing the chickens so that like they're ready for the, the freezing temperatures. And I was going to ask when you were planning on winterizing those chickens. I know, I know you were, <laughs> but it's a major upgrade from last year, this year, like their little water, the water heater light bulb thingy. It's like a much more permanent situation and the cords are all hot hidden. So you don't even see them. It's just in the middle of the, it's so good. So well, last year they didn't even have that big old, like, like coop duplex no. apartment building that was no, made for them. They've got the, they've got it made. And the, the next thing is I, I just have to get their kind of emergency heating situation figured out for when it gets down below, like mm. below 20 degrees in the coop. I want to make sure they've got at least some, some warmth. So they're not going to, you know, get frostbite on their little feet anyway. So that was what I've been working on. And I got, I got the whole garage completely clean and sorted and it looks great. So, um, yeah, it was very productive. That's how I like my day, my weeks off. Productive. It's interesting <laughs> that when people take work off, like I'm not going to work. Yeah, I'm gonna. T- I'm gonna. I need a vacation from work so that I can do a ton of work. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, every day off I've ever had is about getting stuff done. That is the worst. <sighs> I, I hear you, Tyler. There are some things though that I'm doing that I actually get a lot of life out of, like just me and Cleo out in the the garden putting up my fence you know, for an hour, just like putting up fence things and, you know, hammering home poultry, uh, <laughs> little clips and into the, and then like poultry learning, clips. How to, learning how to use uh T post fence clips, uh, and, and things like that. Like just sitting yeah. out there, no music, no podcast, just me and the, and the farm. It's, it is pretty great. And it is, it does feel like time off to me, hmm. even though I'm not, you know, I don't know, completely sitting on my, on my butt. Yeah, I was off and I found myself just like on the roof, putting up lights, just cursing everybody's <laughs> name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my time off. 
Yeah, that sounds relaxing. Like, I'm scared of heights, and here I am on the roof, <laughs> laying down, putting on Christmas lights. Yeah, but you made your family happy. Yeah, and your roof isn't really that, that high. The jury's still out on... <laughs> hey, easy. <laughs> yeah, it's like... I mean, it's The jury's like, still out on whether my, my family even cares. That hey, I was, Lauren posted about it, so I think she Yeah, happy. she cares. Yeah. So that, that's good. Oh, I was up on the roof too. I just remembered. I, I I got up there with my leaf blower to get all the all the uh, gutters cleaned out. I know your favorite thing is wet leaves and gutters. Hey, oh, I so, did that too. As Season a homeowner, one. I'm now I'm now being way more it's the worst. I'm like I'm not going to work this week so that I can get gutter water all over my <laughs> face. Guys, you know Jed bought this house for me a couple of years ago, right? The <laughs> yeah. first you. <laughs> the first thing I noticed on site was that it had a gutter guard, and no, it's important. No, I never had to take care of leaves. Yep. Thank you, Lord. I that's the first thing I noticed. Too. I think that's probably why Jed was so considerate. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, what about you guys? How was your Thanksgiving week? It was it was good. It was our first Thanksgiving without Liza, so that was a little bit weird. She did not come home from Nashville. She stayed. Um, mm. She had some work to do down there, and um, she uh, just didn't, for a few days, didn't really feel like driving five hours home and five hours back. So we talked sure. to her for um, a long time on Thanksgiving. We For like an hour, we FaceTimed her. So that was good. It was weird, though, not to have her here. Um, but it was good. I, I've been, we've been with my sister and her family quite a bit. So that's who we spent Thanksgiving with. And it was, it was very hard to not be with my parents. That was, yeah. that was probably the hardest part of it. We FaceTimed my dad and he's making the best of it, but, um, mm. you could tell he was sad. I mean, he just, yeah, he yeah, wanted to be with everybody. So, um, but luckily he has really lovely people in there that are nice to him and take care of him at the assisted living facility. So, um, I said, but he said they didn't get dessert. I'm like, what do you mean you didn't get dessert? There was no pumpkin pie? He was like, no, I didn't find it. And I'm like, well, I think probably you just didn't find it. I have a feeling there was something there to celebrate. So, But overall, it was it was good. I didn't have to make the whole meal. I just took like several side items and stuff, which I've done the whole meal before, but I didn't have to this year. So that was kind of yeah. nice. Yeah. So it was good. It's good. Nothing. And then you it. preached. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was real, good too. Real quick, Tyler, I know you're about to transition. Were you about to yeah, transition? Like yeah, yeah, you got it. Like perfect. I have to ask. <laughs> I just want to bring this up because it, it like changed my life watching this. But Lauren posted something uh, the other day of Lane with his new favorite food, crackers. He was eating yeah. like a Ritz cracker. Did you watch? Did you guys see this on her mm -mm. social media? Like he's it's sitting in the treat. high chair and she's giving him a, a Ritz cracker and he's literally laughing out loud. He's so excited. And then he takes yeah. a bite and he's just like, Oh, it's the cutest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Does he, like, does he like all food like that? Was Thanksgiving oh, like a, uh, like a like revelation that. for him? Not no. like that. So he likes food. I mean, he, he is uh 10 months old and mm -hmm. he's in, I think the largest size diaper they make. <laughs> so like he likes food a lot. Yeah. Uh, but he had never had like, I guess he had never had Ritz crackers before. And so Lauren gave him one and he just like was laughing his head off at, <laughs> at it. And um, it's like sheer pleasure. Yeah. It was just like, <laughs> I can't believe this cracker. And then he took a bite and he was like, Whoa! Just like so excited. And so she started recording it, and for ten minutes straight, every time she handed him a cracker, it was the same exact response. Just like <laughs> complete shock and awe that uh, she would be 
so selfless with these amazing tasting <laughs> crackers. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a real treat. Everything, uh, everything's not to that level, but he he starts like if I'm starting at zero. Well, all right, if you guys start at zero, yeah. I'm I'm usually like a negative three. Yeah, I was gonna say zero. <laughs> Lane's starting at like he's starting at like four. He's yeah. he's usually pretty happy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was a uh, that was pretty funny. I just had hey, to, Rich, had to Rich crackers. Maybe Rich crackers. Rich are good. good. Yeah, they are good crackers. <laughs> yeah, I get the reaction. And he, <laughs> it wasn't just that one. Like he's had them since, and yeah, the same still. thing ever since. Yeah. <laughs> Is he crawling yet, Tyler? Oh yeah. He's he is crawling. crawling. Uh, he's probably days away from walking. When's his wow. When's his first birthday? January twenty fifth. Yeah, Will was um, Will rem, Lane reminds me a lot of Will because Will was a big baby. I mean, he was, and once he figured out how to get that big body over, it, yeah, he, was, he was done. I mean, he was just yeah. like, I'm I'm on the move now. Like, I, he could not wait to crawl yeah, and walk and get going. He's uh he's scooting around crawling, but he's got like I said the thick trunk. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't it, take much for him to just like oh it takes yeah stand, and it, he can't really move it yet. No. But he can. He's got like that low <laughs> gravity yeah. already. I was gonna, it's hard to hoist. Yeah, you know? hoisting yeah, that thing. He's, he's That's learning what how I to mean. Hoist. Once you can hoist it over, you know, get the then then you're good to go. Like the crawling's nothing once it's the hoisting has been hoist. mastered. Yeah. 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 That's All right. A, well, that, good, that is actually a, a better transition. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of it. hard to hoist. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of hard to hoist, Amy, you gave the sermon. Yeah. The final week of our sermon series, Outrageous. Yep. Um, where we have been focusing on Sermon on the Mount and Jesus's words um, about what it's like to live in the kingdom of God. And so do you mind kind of sharing it with the, with the friends of the pod, the overall big idea of your message this past weekend, what did you want people to hear and walk away with? I think the, the four sections that we, that were at the very end just kind of seems to sum it all up uh, for me. And in some ways I wanted to read the whole sermon on the Mount before we even like just all the way through and, to get to this part, because I think he's finishing up by saying, look, what I just shared with you, it's not easy. Like what I'm asking of you, the way I'm asking you to live in the, in my kingdom is not an easy choice to make. And it's not, it's not something you just fall into. It is a, it's a decision you make pretty much every single day to live out my kingdom values. And, and so I feel like the whole gist of it was, is this, is this really what you want to choose to live in? Is this the mm-hmm. the gate you want to go through? Is this the foundation you want to build your life on? Um, and if you do, then yeah, follow me, like be a part of this. It's, it's the hardest, it may, it probably is the hardest decision and the hardest path that you can choose, but it is, it's the best choice you'll ever make. And it will lead to true deep rich life both here and forever so that's kind of i think that was kind of the gist of it i, I have slept a little bit since then <laughs> yeah and you you started uh focusing you, you used a, a variety of scripture references but yeah. you started in matthew 7 verses 13 and 14 where uh jesus is talking and this is a this is a sermon to his disciples right yeah 
Yeah, he's t- so he's talking about um, entering the God's kingdom through the narrow gate, and the highway to destruction is wide, but <clears throat> the the gateway to life is very narrow. Yeah. Um, and I think you did overall. I think I mean I I, I loved how you kind of weaved all the weeks together uh, through various scripture and all that um, all that we've talked about the last few weeks and illustrating how that that it really it does tie together and it's actually outrageous but from your perspective why is this message that um the the message of the narrow gate and uh the upside down kingdom why is that outrageous to you because it's contrary to what it's contrary to how we want to live it's contrary to how the rest of the world tells us to live it's contrary to everything around us and I'm finding that less and less people live this way than I thought. And I, I'm finding less and less people that claim to, to love Jesus with all their heart and want to be a true disciple of his or a follower of, of his are really living out his kingdom values. And I really passionately believe that's why we're losing my kids and their generation because they're, seeing such a, um, why can't I think of the word such a, uh, help me out somebody like a deficit. Yeah. They just, they're seeing that they're saying one thing and living out something different. And, and I think that people want Jesus. They want a lot more of Jesus, but they're not seeing, but they don't want a lot more of Christians because I don't think they're really seeing what he lays out in the Sermon on the Mount, I don't think they're seeing that lived out very much. Yeah. And so I think they're just like, well, what's this all about then? Because you claim you love him and you follow mm. him, but there's nothing about you that screams Jesus to me. There's nothing about you that screams fruit of the spirit to me. So I don't, I think they're having a hard time rectifying the two yeah. things. And so, and I get it. I, I'm not saying I, said even at the end of the message i do not i'm messing this up all the time like i am i'm not i don't have this licked my gosh i wish i did but so i was thinking that about me amy when you were giving that list of the fruit of the spirit i had my family gathered in the living room we were all watching it together and you did run down a list of you know you kind of paraphrased it but you talked about how as Christians, we will be known by that fruit. We will bear that fruit of love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness. And I very sarcastically said out loud in my living room, that's me guys. (laughs) There I am, you know, because I, I worry, is it, is it my, um, inconsistent example of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Am I going to be a stumbling block to my own kids? Hmm. This was really convicting Hmm. to to think about it in that light. We talk a lot about the credibility gap, but this isn't me pointing fingers at the rest of Western Christianity saying you all blew it. This is me pointing the finger back at myself saying, where am I getting this wrong? Where am I getting this right? And just praying, God, God help me. I need your mercy. Help me to be more like you. And you really raised the stakes and made us all ask the question, is this really what we want? Do we really want to be followers, real followers of Christ? Well, and the interesting thing is, is in the Sermon on the Mount, he even says that about be careful about looking at the speck in your 
in your friend's eye when or or when you've got a huge big plank in your own that you're not that you're mm-hmm. not dealing with. And I I feel that every single time I step up there to say anything, and this time maybe more than ever, I'm like, well, I hope that I, I I'm I'm not worthy of standing up there and, and talking about Jesus. I'm not worthy of preaching. I am. I just hope that whatever the Holy spirit is laid on my heart is something that other people need to hear and that I'm learning from it. But every time I walk up there, I'm thinking, I'm not, what the heck am I doing up here? Like, Mm. you know, I'm, I don't have this all figured out and I'm not great at all of this. And you're right. My kids would probably be like someday like, Whoa, yeah. I mean, you are (laughs) the epitome of self-control and patience, mom. So, (laughs) so I totally hear what you're, hear what Mm. you're saying. And it is not, and it's, you're you're signing on for something that is um, hard but worth it. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's interesting too. When you talk about the two gates, when you look at the language of that passage, um, it, it, he uses different verbs. He says the wide gate is easy, leads to destruction, and there are many who take it. That's mm-hmm. the from the NRSV. Uh, many who who enter it. Um, but then it says the gate that's narrow and the road that is actually hard that leads to life. And there are a few who find it, find it, yeah, find it's a, it's not even a matter of whether or not you found you've stumbled through one gate or the other. The question right. is, are you even looking for the narrow gate? Right. Are you going looking for the gate that's narrow and the way that's hard? Yes. Or are you perfectly content to just go th- to enter yeah. through the gate? That's kind of the default. That so. was one of my questions actually is like, are we already by default? Are we already on the path one of the like are we already on the wide path everybody's there and it's just a matter of whether or not we're going to get off that to find a different path or or are we not on any path right now and we have to choose which one we're going to be on i I, I guess it sounds like i mean it's the former my yeah my take is yeah we're the, the wide path is just that's the default that's the one that you're going to end up on whether you mean to or not it's just because everyone else is on that path and it's the easy one to take. You actually have to actively go against the stream to go find the gate that leads to the hard road. And yeah. so why would yeah. anyone even want that? I and like that. That leads to life. That picture in my mind is I'm thinking of like a crowd of people moving through that wide gate and that person kind of like pushing through the crowd and trying to find their way out of that to go searching for that gate that is not so obvious and not. That's like not my number one nightmare. Is being like, in a crowd like that? Yeah, and going the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. That's like claustrophobia. Yes, for sure. To the max. Anyways, uh, so is it really easy or really hard to follow Jesus? Because growing up, at least for me, growing up in church culture, I remember hearing from pastors or guys like in parachurch organizations or whatever that when they would evangelize like to me or other people, it was like, you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is invite Jesus into your heart. And then, Hmm. you know, you're good to go. And here's the prayer. And like, it's simple because he's going, it doesn't matter where you are in your life and he's going to forgive you. And he doesn't judge you based on your works. And it's all by faith. And this, this type of message makes it sound like it's it's actually not very easy at all it's it's actually very hard and um i think to me that's what made it outrageous is like it's simple 
and it's open to everybody, but it's actually very hard because it's actually very exclusive. Is that hmm. accurate or no? Well, I don't think they call the, the road narrow for no reason. And I think it's kind of a both and Jesus made it easy for us to come to him. We do not have to jump through hoops to come to him. Um, he is the way. He's the only way. But he did also tell us, don't be surprised when the world hates you. Yeah. Don't be surprised when persecutions come your way. So it's a both and. It's easy to come to him and receive the salvation that he gives, but he's going to walk you through a narrow path and that will look different for everybody. Yeah. We're not facing the kind of persecution that our brothers and sisters globally are facing, but we are facing a narrow road of a different kind. We're facing challenges and um, ridicules of a different kind. Um, so it's just important. It's so important. I'm so glad we did this, this series and the one that came before. It's so important to look at what Jesus said. Yeah. yeah. Because it's too easy just to make some sort of like flagship Christianity and then kind of make it up in our own heads what we think it means. Right. We don't get to make up what we think it means. He spelled it out for us. And that's what this series was about. Yeah. Yeah. And Tyler, I think to use the metaphor that Jesus uses here, uh, I mean, there's two paths life and destruction. One leads to life, one leads to destruction. And there's two gates. There's an easy gate and then there's the the hard to find gate, the the small gate. And I think to use the metaphor to answer your question, the easy part is that now the gateway to the path that leads to life is open for anyone. Anyone can walk through it. There's no barrier to you walking through that gate. That's the easy part. But the road to life is a hard road because it's mm. a road of going against the tide. It's a, the road of going... Uh, against your kind of maybe natural impulses uh, and trusting in a lifestyle that is not easy. And uh, I mean, I'm just to use the next analogy, he uses fruit and grapes, or uh, I'm sorry, like thorns and grapes, basically like knowing what little I know about trying to grow plants you want to grow versus trying to grow plants that you don't want to grow. I'll tell you which ones are easy to grow. The weeds, man, the weeds that come up like crazy. And I've learned so much about just how many different techniques weeds have for establishing themselves. And it is, it's hmm. wild. The number of ways that nature has found out to, uh, to propagate uh, undesirable plants. And it is absolutely crazy. But if I want to grow like, a real helpful plant. It is so much more work uh, mm. to tend it and nurture it and all that. So it, yeah. and yet that's what, that's what actually is going to give us fruit that's worthwhile and not just bird food, you know? Mm. So we, and Amy, you, you preached like the reason we choose this is because of life. This, this choice gives us life. What do we mean by life? What do we, what are we talking about? Are we talking about heaven? Are we talking about, what are we talking about? I think it's, I think it's both. I think it gives you true life even here. I mean, like being part of his, I mean, I can't imagine my life any other way, but I've experienced it at deep levels that, that maybe others haven't yet. I mean, and I'm not even saying that's me. It's, it's as much the part the community that I'm in and the people that I am surrounded by and mm -hmm. what I learn from them and gain from them and, doing life with people that also love Jesus and are, are sold out to him. And I just, I get, I get super caught up sometimes in, um, 
what out there can give me life. And I have to constantly ground myself and remind myself that that's very temporal and doesn't really lead to anything of substance or any depth or, and it's when I'm doing the work of the kingdom that I feel fulfilled and the most who he created me to be. And so I think it's both. I think it's both the life that you're living at the moment and then the life that is after this. Mm -hmm. That's that's the best I got right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess uh, growing up in church culture, we all have different backgrounds and everything, but growing up in church culture, like this is, this is something that I hear life, true life. Um, and it wasn't until, it wasn't until, you know, the last 10 years that I really kind of grasped what that meant for me. And it, like, instead of living stressed and overwhelmed and exhausted, like life for me means meaningful relationships and deep fulfilling like actual rest for my soul that's what life means you know um and i think i think people do have the question like are we talking what do we talk about heaven are we talking about life here and i think it's important to focus on here <laughs> i mean yeah. i think we're talking about heaven but i think it, it the message is for now like the kingdom yeah. come on earth as it is in heaven like right now um instead of like living in financial fear like Life to me means uh, allowing God's word to lead me to some kind of like peace financially um, or rather than continuing some path of like destruction or sinfulness or bad decisions, like allowing God to, to, to heal, to, to, to feel like I'm being healed from some of that and yeah. relying on relying on that now versus just waiting for a, for a heaven or a, a life right out there. somewhere. And I think, I mean, it really, it does make sense if you wrap your mind around it to think through the, the things that Jesus is calling us to experience, you know, the world calls us to experience wealth because that's a worthy end. You want to be wealthy because of all the good things that come from that. Jesus says, no, I'm, I'm calling you to generosity. And mm. it doesn't, it, it's not that hard to imagine how being generous can lead to a fulfilling life, right? Be, being generous. We all kind of talk about that every Christmas. If you're generous, that, that, that it comes from a place, it brings you joy, brings you life. I mean, it's the same thing with all the other things. The world says uh, you should pursue influence and power. Jesus says, no, pursue humility and, and kindness and gentleness. And, you know, if you use your imagination, you can start to imagine how being a kind and gentle person might actually lead you to fulfillment in a way that being influential and having to fight tooth and nail to keep that influence might actually mm -hmm. cause you pain over time. It, but it, it, it's trusting that what Jesus says is true, that that is, is actually a better way to live. Yeah. Um, because it yeah. sure doesn't seem that way at first glance. We think, no, I'd, I'd be happy with the money and the power, you know, and the influence. And Jesus is like, mm, you could try another road and it would actually lead you to life. So my last question is as Christians who know we're supposed to find and choose or know we ought to find and choose the, the narrow path. How are we supposed to treat the wide path after that? Hmm. 
That's a great question. Because I feel like there's still part of the wide path that's like, wow, that is, I'd way rather be over there, <laughs> you know? So like, there's still yeah. stuff that's like pulling me acutely hmm. uh, over to the wide path. Yeah. But as a Christian, how am I supposed to treat that, the essence of the wide path when I'm on the, uh, supposed to be choosing, you know, narrow? I, well, are well, you, oh, go ahead. are we, are we saying that the wide path is the rest of the world essentially like if we all start off? Yeah, I guess that's, that's, for, that's how for I've all, been for all it. have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So that's the wide path. Everybody yeah. has sinned. There it is. I don't know. I'm thinking that Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men if you follow me. And so we, we don't, we don't turn our back to the wide path and just keep marching forward on our narrow path. We're fishers of men. We're, we're trying to bring the light and the hope of healing of God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And I, right now I'm just thinking of Lil J. Mm -hmm. Lil J, like all of us, is on that wide path, started mm -hmm. on that wide path. And here we are making an effort to just go fishing for this one. He's, yeah. he's our one. Um, and just to try to bring the light and the love and the hope of Jesus to this kid who's on this really self-destructive path. Um, so that's, that's my probably most recent example of how am I associating with that wide path, even though I'm on the narrow path, you know, yeah. like no, that's we a are, great example. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tyler, for me, what I always yeah. think about is, I, I don't, I don't think that the, the, we should ever treat the wide path as like a list of things to avoid. Cause then it just turns it into this like idea. It, it, it's a personal thing. Every one of us has our own wide path. And I think there are certain mm -hmm. things that will tempt us uniquely towards that wide path uh, through our life. Like you, someone who's, you know, in a wealthy situation might be tempted towards greed. Someone who's in a, a difficult situation might be tempted towards self-sufficiency or pride, or I, I don't know. There's all kinds of different things for me. I I'm, I kind of, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily put it in terms of the wide and narrow path, but I find myself routinely looking at my life and asking questions about my decisions, about my intentions behind some of the things I say or do, and, and really just trying to evaluate which like which path am I on? Even things mm -hmm. like becoming senior pastor of a church, a big church, it it scares me because I know how many potential temptations there would be to pursue power or to pursue self interest or my own whatever self aggrandizement or fame or any of that kind of thing. Those are all things that will be tempting because of the particular role that I have, and so I'm very probably overly cautious and scared about the ways that I might act in any of those things. And so I'm constantly on the lookout for it. And I'm nervous about the day when I'm not on the lookout for it, because that's the day that I'm going to probably start drifting. And so for me, mm -hmm. it's, it's a matter of evaluating my own motives, my own heart. And, and routinely it's a, it's a life journey asking myself, am I daily choosing surrender? Am I daily choosing Christ? What's my posture? What is my, which path am I on? Yeah. Well, and we're not on that path alone. Right. Barry, you have given us a uh, total freedom to call you out. If we ever see you inching toward that wide path. And I yeah. love that you've done that. We've talked about that here on this podcast before, and that's accountability. That's, that's why what Amy was talking about her community, we need each other 
That's part of life. That's part of life more yeah. abundantly. No one is going this solo. No one is on the narrow path totally alone. We are there on the narrow path with one another and we're helping to shepherd and guide one another. We're helping to hold each other accountable and stay on the narrow path. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's, I think I could wake up every day and say, I'm a little bit on the wide path today. Like <laughs> I need to, need to head back in this. And, and I do think it's a, a kind of an, a daily, like getting up and once again saying, this is what I choose today. This is what I'm going to choose today. And, um, yeah, I, I think I, you're right. We absolutely all have our own tendencies and things that we know are triggers, things that we things that we know are going to pull us this direction. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that. Like, what are my patterns? What mm-hmm. are my patterns? Because I see in other people so often patterns that they can't seem to break. And I keep looking at myself and saying, OK, well, I know that has to be true of me. I know it mm-hmm. is. So where are my patterns? And where am I refusing to break those patterns so that I can be more on that narrow path and less on that wide path? Yeah, no, that's really good. Yeah. Cause I think at least I've spent a lot of time, uh, like when I'm looking at wide path, I'm thinking, do I need to seclude myself from that? Like just say exit wide path. Do I need to be remain relevant to it? And I think this is a question churches ask themselves, like, should we be relevant to the wide path so that it's more enticing and then all of a sudden it's like narrow path (laughs) path? or should we seclude seclude ourselves from that? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's a good question to wrestle with, but well, I don't think we're ever going to win. We're never going to win people over with, uh, you know, I bid thee come and die, but we will win them over (laughs) by pointing them to life and saying, Hey, I've got the path to life. It's not easy, but if you want to join, I've got, I've got life for you. I totally disagree. I think Bonhoeffer won plenty of people (laughs) over with when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. He wins. Um, But no, I'm laughing because I feel like this is the question the church has been asking themselves probably since the dawn of time. But I think especially around the time of like when music started becoming less organ and yeah. more string based. Uh oh. Yeah. Then we plugged the guitars in. <laughs> are we trying to be relevant? Cool, like the wide path. Are we trying to be relevant? Those guitars this are is, straight from the wide path. We're missing the point entirely. Yeah. We're missing the point. We're not trying to be like the wide path. We're trying to bring light and hope and freedom to the wide path. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. It's not, I don't care if I'm cool and relevant. I care that what I am bringing to those still on the wide path is going to set them free. That's what I care about. Yeah. Well, I obviously care about being cool and relevant as, as all of my hobbies and interests will, uh, will tell you that's a primary concern for my life. Well, you can just ask my kids how cool and relevant I am because they would tell you so cool and so relevant. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree thanks. with you, Marin. I, I agree. Amy, thanks for, uh, for giving us this message and wrapping up this series. I thought it was really good. And I agree, Marin. I think the back to back, the series before this, as well as the outrageous series is, is something that I hope that we kind of point people to and point ourselves to like, Hey, remember when we talked about this? Like you should probably go rewatch this or I need to go rewatch <laughs> this or something. This is one of those like rewatchable. Yeah. Um, eight weeks or however long these two series were. 
But um, where where are we where do we head next, Barry? What are we doing? Oh, it's Christmas! It's Christmas time. <laughs> we are starting our December series, and well, you guys have all been involved in in one way or another. It's going to be really cool and really different. Uh, we are trying out some new stuff to to really try to make a as as much of a transcendent online experience as possible. Uh, we got these Christmas boxes, by the way, if you haven't gotten one to use as a way of inviting a friend or neighbor who doesn't have a church home to grace, now's the time, grab them. I'm going to, I'm going to get one for my neighbors. I don't think they're friends of the pod, but, um, I'm going to invite them to, to watch with us or to watch. I'll get, I'll get them all set up in their home so they can watch or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but we're going to be starting looking at there's one particular passage where the angels tell the shepherds, uh, I bring you good news that will bring, that will bring great joy to all people. The savior has been born. And we're going to look at different ways that that is true. What is that good news? What, what is it about the birth of Jesus that is such good news that will bring great joy to people? So we'll look at four different kind of common phrases, um, that we hear every Christmas time. And then, uh, yeah, should be really, really good. And I'm really excited to see what music you guys have cooked up. Uh, Marin, it's going to be great. So. That's funny. I was thinking I'm so excited to hear these messages because <laughs> we have all, all of us have played a part in what is about to happen starting yeah. this weekend. Yeah, it's really but interesting. I haven't seen Barry's yeah, side of it and Barry hasn't really seen doing. my side of it. So yeah. I'm, I'm just as excited yeah. as everybody else is because I can't wait to see how this all comes together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The true gift is that I spent uh, 27 hours roughly getting Milo to sing one verse of Away in a Manger. Hey, spoiler, spoiler. <gasps> oh, I'll cut that out. Friends you don't know. <laughs> no, you can say it. We, they have no idea when it's coming or where it's coming. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Only, yeah. I, I yeah. With I hope well, surgical precision that exists. I think it's cool how we both got our sons involved, Tyler. Way yeah, to go. Yeah. Start them young. Oh. <laughs> All right, guys. We will be back next week with a uh, with a Christmas pod. We're in Christmas season, so we're going to we're going to start early uh on this pod and just kind of rehash everything that um we're, we're all virtual now, so we're going to kind of rehash all of the content that is getting released this weekend, so I'm excited for that. Um, but until then, Amy, thanks for being here. Thank you. And uh, Marin, will you please send us out? I will, but I want to do it in a slightly different way. Amy, at one point oh, I gotta in stop your the message, song now. Right. <laughs> Amy, at one point, Tyler, never assume you know what I'm going to do. Okay, you don't know. You don't know what I'm about. You don't know what I'm about to do. Amy, you said that Jesus already showed us what it means to live this kind of sacrificial life through his own life. You said that you said he's already shown us what it means and that our King doesn't ask anything of us that he isn't willing to do himself. And it reminded me of the part of Micah six, eight that I never say, but that's the part that comes right before the famous between Sundays outro tagline. He says he has shown you. He's already shown you. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? So we say it every week, but he's already shown us. So thanks for that, Amy. We'll see you on the other side of Sunday.